I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. And Abby, do you remember what you were doing a year ago today? Um, no, <laughs> is the short answer. Is the short answer. I don't know if it was today, but uh, I was listening as I was coming down here to the debate between Mia Love and Ben McAdams, who are running for Congress in the 4th District. And it was about a year ago that I was preparing for my debate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You came and saw that, didn't you? No. You weren't there? I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible daughter. No, I had class until like 8 or something, and it was like, or I had a midterm or something. Oh, shoot. I had a really good excuse. Did you come to dinner afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got Mexican food with you guys afterwards. I'm, I, I'm not going to miss free food. <laughs> well, uh Running for Congress, it was very clear that I wasn't going to win from the outset. And when I first told the United Utah Party I was willing to be their candidate, I said, I know I'm not going to win, but I think I'm going to be able to build the party and that we might have an opportunity to be able to start something that can carry on going yeah. forward. Yeah. Well, the problem with that is when you're running for office, you can't get up every morning and say, well, I'm just going to build the party today. You have to run and think that you're going to win. And I was holding on to every possible straw I could to think that maybe something would happen. And I remember talking to Mike Tullis, who's the guy who got us our signs. And he says, Jim, you just need to know, he was also my father's campaign manager back in 1992. And he said, Jim, you just need to know that you never know. You never know what's going to happen. And so I kind of held on to that and I thought maybe my opponents will be caught in some kind of compromising position and I'm going to sweep into office and of course it didn't happen. But as I think about that and I go through this, the idea that you never know is I think a very true thing in politics. In my own lifetime, I've seen some of the most remarkable elections where things have happened that nobody on earth would be able to predict. What do you think is the most remarkable thing that has happened in your lifetime that no one was able to predict. Well, um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are pregnant. Both of I, them? Well, don't joke, don't joke about this. <laughs> and I think that's really surprising and it really needed to be mentioned because it's the most important thing that's ever happened to me or will ever happen to any of us. So, But surprising thing that's happened to but, you? Like surprising in terms of like politics? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like 2016 was really surprising, I think, for everybody. The New York um, Times 
was running a thing where they were predicting the probability of outcomes. In 2016? In 2016, the night of the election. Yeah. And I was actually teaching a class up in Ogden. And when I left that class, the New York Times prediction was that 99% certainty that Hillary Clinton was going to be elected president. Well, that's crazy. Or they just had a really crappy predictor guy. Well, you know. Because you can't be 99% certain. I'm not 99% certain of anything. Right. I can't think of one thing that I'm 99. Like... Well, you look at polling throughout history, and it's it's been very interesting to watch polling, just the process change, because it used to be when my father ran for office in 92, he had a guy on staff who would poll every night, and all he would do is he'd have a list of people, and he'd call them, and they'd all be home, and he'd say, who are you going to vote for? And he, that, that was good enough. But now, in the days of cell phones, Polls have had to figure out how to get in contact with people and how to get a sample size. And it used to be that polls were relying on landlines and all of this kind of nonsense. There's there's this Dilbert cartoon, you know what I'm talking about? Like where they talk about um, like calling people. Oh, yeah, I've asking, seen that one. And they like call people um, about like asking their opinion on something. This is a cartoon that is really funny. And they're like, the boss is like, so what were the results? And they were like, well, half the people didn't have landlines, and the other half thought that we were in the room with them and offered us hard candy <laughs> that we were in the room with them. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh, that was a real problem. And so polling, I think, is only now so- sort of wrapping its brain around that because they're using all kinds of different methods to get a scientific sample. But the polling all insisted that Donald Trump didn't have a shot. And the idea that Donald Trump could actually win. And here we are. And here we are. Well, so there was an article that I read just the other day that was talking about Democrats who were saying, look, uh, we now have the best shot to take Congress that we've had in a very long time. And they're all panicking because they're saying it's too good to be true. 2016 might happen again. Nothing gold can stay. Nothing gold can stay. Who said that? It's from the like the outsiders. I think. What's the name of the book where they're like, stay gold, pony boy? I think, I think that is the outsiders. outsiders. Yeah. Did they still teach that? Yeah. You, you had it to read traumatized the outsiders? Me. We had to, it was, and then we had to watch the movie like with Tom Hanks oh. and Rob Lowe in it. Like, Tom Cruise. That was like no, his not, first not movie. Tom, not Tom Hanks. Yeah, definitely Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all young and like so pretty. and. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was Tom Cruise's first movie. Yeah. Either that or Taps. But uh, yeah, everybody's panicking that, and if you look at, at the whole fallout of the Kavanaugh nomination process, What's really interesting is that you're seeing polls that say the Democrats have a very solid chance, a very good likelihood of taking the House, but the Republicans have solidified the Senate. That's weird. You have candidates in Tennessee and you have candidates uh, in, um, where's, is it South Dakota? Where you have the Democratic woman who voted against Kavanaugh that's now, she's she's dropped something like 10 points and there's no possible way she can get reelected. So the Republicans look like they're going to hold on to the Senate, but the, the Democrats think they're going to be able to take over the House. Hmm. And I can remember when I was growing up, the idea of a Republican House of Representatives was just not comprehensible. The Republicans hadn't held the House of Representatives since the 50s. And in 1994, uh, everybody was upset about Bill Clinton. They were upset about... Hillary. This is this is a this is really interrupting. But we were in, I was in L.A. this weekend, and we were just driving down a freeway. I think 
I don't know all the names of the freeways. It was like the I five or something. One of the really big ones. So the five is a big one. Yeah. And there was this like that we like pass under a bridge, and there was a sign on it, and it said "Rapey Rapist Bill Clinton" and nothing <laughs> oh, else. Like I don't know what it was like advertising, but I was like, okay, like someone went to the trouble of making the sign and then climbing on the bridge just that, to hang a sign that said "Rapey Rapist Bill Clinton." Like, well, okay. that's always good. It's always nice to be able to have political commentary. It was like a well-made sign, but it didn't have any website or anything. It just said that. It just, it, well, I don't know what that's trying to prove. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember growing up in Los Angeles and seeing all kinds of weird stuff. It's a stuff. wild place. It is a wild place. But uh, politically speaking, uh, the idea was that Ronald Reagan was president of the United States and Republicans could only hope to capture the White House, but they could never hope to capture Congress. Okay. And in 1980... The Republicans, for the first time, captured the Senate. And everybody went, whoa, there's no way. When you say capture, I think of them like having like a giant like bug net and like yeah, capturing it. Like There's a little bit of that. It's kind of like that, only different. Yeah, yeah. So, no, the Republicans took the Senate for the first time in a very long time. Uh, but it wasn't until 1994 that uh, it became clear Bill Clinton was – was had had proposed a massive overhaul of the healthcare system. It was actually Hillary who had done it, mm-hmm. and it was wildly unpopular. And the House of Representatives was also reeling from a scandal where they had they had a House bank that people had been drawing money on, hmm. and they had like fifty thousand dollar overdrafts, and, and including Wayne Owens, who was the representative that ran against my father for the Senate in ninety two. Okay. And he kept, what, is, what does this have to do with, like... Well, the point is, the Democratic House was wildly unpopular. Okay. And I can remember I was plugged in and watching all of the Sunday talk shows, and I remember... On wa- your black and white TV? On my black or and white TV. Or did they have TVs? <laughs> Were you, like, adjusting, like, the antennas on your radio? Yeah, yeah, those big, ugly radios. After listening to, like, Little Orphan Annie? Right, right. And you always drink your Ovaltine? Ovaltine? <sighs> That's right. No. Well, I, so I'm going to tell you the predictions that I heard in 94 when we get back from our break. Okay. I know you're excited. I'm, I am. I'm on the edge of my seat. All right. Hold on. So I think it was Meet the Press was the show I was watching. And they were asking all of the pundits who were sitting around the table at the end how many seats the Republicans were going to pick up. Okay. And they needed to pick up something like 46 seats in order to get control. And nobody was saying that they were going to get that many. Wait, let me guess. They got that many. Well, uh, Mort Kondraki was the name. Ugh, of the, yeah, that's that sounds a great like name. a vampire's name. Well, he looked a little... Va- well, no, he didn't. He, he was a very normal-looking fellow. And he said 54 seats. And everybody just gasped. And they said, there's no possible <gasps> way. Well... Mort! <laughs> are you crazy? Are you crazy? This was the first this was the first midterm after my father had been in the Senate. And they were anticipating in the Senate that they were going to take control. Okay. But nobody saw it coming that the House of Representatives was going to flip. It was just a huge massive surprise. And they did. And for the for the rest of Bill Clinton's term and some dude somewhere in a bar that bet money was yeah. a very happy man that night. Was a very happy man. Well, prediction markets, you can now go online. There used to be a thing where you could go online and uh, actually bet. And it was very predictive. And 
that went out of business. It's now called predictit.com. Okay. And they were taking bets just recently on the Kavanaugh nomination. And I was very confident that Kavanaugh would get confirmed when predicted, put it up to like 86 cents against the dollar that he would get confirmed. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that doesn't matter. It makes me think of, there's this quote from the, from the office where Kevin's like, Kevin's talking about like, if anyone offers you like 50 to one odds, I can't remember what number it was. You take it. And then he's like, (laughs) if John Mellencamp ever wins an Oscar, I'm going to be a very rich dude. (laughs) I think John Mellencamp did win an Oscar for Best Song, didn't he? I don't think so. No? Well, maybe. no. Bruce Springsteen did for Streets of Philadelphia. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. Sorry. So that was really just unprecedented. Nobody was expecting it. But that that paled in comparison to six years later. And six years later, uh, Al Gore was running against George W. Bush. Ooh, I know this one. In the 2000 election. I know this story. Do, Do you remember it at all? No. You were you were what three years old? What year was it? Two thousand. Yeah, I was three. Yeah, those were, were the good old days. Those were the good old days. So we were living in St. George, and so I still are three year olds usually still in diapers. They are right. I how don't long think are, so. How long are you kids were very in, precocious. How long are kids in diapers for? I don't know. Sam and Jed were in diapers until I think three, and but they went from like total diapers to total potty train within like three days. Yeah, they're freaks. It was it was wonderful having twins and having them both potty trained. That's the greatest moment of anybody's life. So that was. I, I hope th- to never learn that lesson for myself. Well, uh, that we'll, we'll get into that on our next podcast. Okay. I think. So it was in in two thousand. Uh, they were both kind of neck and neck. Uh, Bill Clinton was still somewhat popular, but there was also what they called Clinton fatigue. People were just tired of of the Clintons and all of the drama and the scandal. Sure. And historically speaking, it is a very rare thing. For for, for like, I'm going to guess what you're going to say. For like the party to win twice and like for there to be like two Democratic presidents in a row. Right. Okay. right. I'm so smart. That's right. I'm, I'm so smart. So um, so all the presidents were, were against um, Al Gore winning. Yeah. Uh, although economically the country was doing very well, and so everybody assumed that that would carry Al Gore in, but it's very rare too that a vice president, a sitting Can vice president, can you imagine there being a president with the last name Gore? I don't think we talk about that enough. That's a crazy last name. It's not crazier than Trump, is it? Like it's crazy. It's like weird in a different way. Yeah. Like it, it's it, but it sounds like they, those both sound just like made up movie names, which is yeah. so weird. Well, the thing that frustrates me about Trump is that it has ruined the verb Trump to trump something. This trumps that. I'm so sorry. That is well, there's so, no that, must, that must be so hard for it you is. to go through. It is. It's, it, there's, there's no yeah. adequate synonym I, for my the heart, word Trump. My heart goes out to you, well, truly. Well, I appreciate that. That's very, very kind of you. But uh, George W. Bush had uh, sort of taken a lead, and everybody assumed that Bush was probably going to win. And then the weekend, and people forget this. Because they don't, you know, they look back at that, the, the unbelievably close election, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that going into the weekend, Bush looked like he was going to win. And then there was a breaking news story that Bush had been pulled over for drunk driving when he was in college. Ooh. And Bush went on the air and confirmed, yes, this is a true story. Uh, it was very clearly. Oh, a, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, most people don't. Because then all of a sudden, the. 
the, the, turned it back into a toss-up. Gore was behind. and That's the, crazy that that turned it into a toss-up. And then in the 2016 election, we had our president on tape saying horrific things. Right. Like, and we're just like, mm, like, and things are still coming out today. And we're just like, well. That's just the way it he is. Didn't, he didn't kill anybody except. As far as we that, know. Yeah. I've always wondered, actually, and that's probably something can't speculate. What it would take? Well, no, I'm thinking Trump has had mob contacts. Uh, Has Trump ever ordered a hit? Who doesn't have mob contacts? I guess. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. So going into the the 2000 election, uh, all of a sudden, nobody knew it was going to happen. And I can remember watching the election returns, and I was very much rooting for Bush, and... They were calling all of this, and then they called Florida for Al Gore. Mm-hmm. And it was all over. Right. Everybody went, oh, well. And, and so I went to bed. I was depressed. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. I got a phone call from somebody at Tuacon High School. And he goes, well, wait a minute. Uh, how can Gore have won Florida when Bush has the higher vote totals? And they're looking at the vote totals, and I sat up and watched. And sure enough, Bush got to the point where they called it for Bush. Wait, what were those things that, like, they talk about, like, that, like, the little thing that were hanging off of the ballots? The chads? Chads, yeah, yeah, The hanging chads? Hanging chads, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, boy. I learned more about hanging chads than I ever wanted to know. That's so bizarre. It It was a wild time. So they called it for Bush, and Gore actually called Bush and said, congratulations, Mr. President, you've won. Mm hmm and uh, then about a half hour later, he said, wait, these late votes that are coming in uh, are all breaking for Gore. And he said, I'm taking back my concession. <laughs> and, and Bush says, you're taking back your concession. You can't. No take backs. And well, Gore says, you don't have to be snippy about it. I mean, it, it just became this bizarre nightmare of a world. And, and a couple of things happened that night. Well, let's talk a little bit more about it when we get back from our break. So the night of the 2000 election. Night of the 2000 election. I stayed up until 2 in the morning. I stayed up until Bush was called the winner. And then I didn't find out until the next day that Gore had taken back his concession. And what had happened, the Florida panhandle is in a different time zone than the rest of the state. And so they had called the election for Gore. And the Florida panhandle was largely Republican. And so they said that calling the election for Gore had depressed the Republican vote and the turnout. People, oh, weird. Yeah. and uh, Wait, the panhandle is? Yeah. Because wouldn't – no, the panhandle would be an hour before the rest of Florida. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. This is geography. Yeah, it's geography. So here in Utah – Because, like, the panhandle's to the left of, the, like, the sticky-outy it's, part. It's to the west of the sti- sticky-outy part. Yeah, yes. so it would be an hour before. It's an hour before, right. So they called it, but the polls were still open in the, in the panhandle. Oh, they called okay, it. okay. That's fair, I guess. You know, back in 1980, uh, Jimmy Carter conceded the election before the polls had closed in California. And many people think that's one of the reasons why the Republicans won the Senate – is because all of these Democrats went home because it was over. And and so there had been sort of strict rules that you don't do that. You don't call an election sure. uh, before the polls have closed. And so that became an issue. Uh, the butterfly ballot became an issue. 
Yeah, they really just think up of like well, so, catchy names. Well, so there was a ballot. Things. Where you, you press, you look at the ballot, and and on the left side is the office, and on the right side is the candidate, and there were lines that went to it. <laughs> it seemed confusing. Oh my gosh. So Jesse Jackson came out and said, "This this ballot is too confusing." There are too many dumb people out there. There are too many dumb... They can't do this. That's exactly what they said. They said that they they thought they were voting for Al Gore, but they ended up voting for Pat Buchanan, who was the third-party candidate, and blah, blah. And I mean, it just... It was nuts. That could have been your, like, uh, Hail Mary in your election. In my election, if there had been a good butterfly ballot. If we made it so confusing that people (laughs) accidentally voted for the third party. Well, there was a lot of talk of that. And, And... and uh, they started a lawsuit. They were suing. So so Gore sued to get a recount in not in the whole state, but only in some heavily Democratic districts. Mm, that doesn't seem fair. It didn't seem fair, and it was it seemed rigged, at least to me. And you were watching these videos of these people counting votes, and you talked about the hanging chads. You saw people holding the little ballots up to the light, and oh, what are we doing? And this, that, and the other. And I have another TV reference. Yes. Uh, in How I Met Your Mother, the the main character Ted, he goes dressed as a hanging chad, like <laughs> a ton of years in a row. A ton of years in a row, yeah. more than just two thousand. Because like a girl complimented him on it in like the year two thousand, and he like loved her, and then he lost her. Um, and so every year he goes to the same Halloween party in the same costume, hoping that he'll run into her. And, and did it work? Yeah, he finally found her, but then she was like not a good person or something. I oh. can't remember. Well. Anyways. That's what you get for going as a hanging chad. Yeah. I think. So yeah, it, it was just bizarre. And, and there were so many lawsuits and people going back and forth. And I would call my father every day. To get an update. Mm-hmm. We didn't know who the president was going to be until after Thanksgiving. That's so weird. You didn't have the internet. You had to call people. No, we still had the internet. The internet was still But it was like you had, to, you had to type WWW before things. <laughs> didn't That's have crazy. smartphones. But no, but dad was... You it. couldn't just like type in like random assortment of letters. Like if you're drunk and Google like figures it out for you. No, you, Google you, is always like, is this what you meant? And you're like, yeah, that's what I meant, Google. Thank you. You always right. have my back. No, we had the internet in 2000. It, but we didn't have smartphones and we didn't have a bunch of other things. But dad was actually in on the Republican discussions where they were talking about going forth. And he would talk about, oh, it's a good day today. Oh, it's a bad day today. And we were all just on pins and needles as to what was going to happen. And what was bizarre was we thought that Bush had it locked up. And they went before the Florida Supreme Court because there was a law that said the vote totals have to be certified by seven days after the election. And after that vote total is certified, Wait, So how done. long after the election did, did you guys not know how, who the it, president was? I think it was November 27th. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. It, I mean, it, it was weeks. It was after Thanksgiving. That's seriously crazy. It was crazy. That would like kind of like stink to be the winner too, because it's like so like you don't have like your election night party or whatever, you know. Well, there was that, and there was also the problem of um, usually the time between the election and the swearing in is the time that you're building your transition team. You know, you're actually putting your cabinet together. Yeah. You're putting together the government, and both you're finding your your squad. 
Right. And both Bush and, and Gore were trying to put together their squads. <laughs> And it just didn't... that would suck too to be on the losing squad and be oh. like, oh, thinking you're gonna have this like job of a lifetime, and then being like, just kidding, the Chads, right? The Chads did us in, right? And I, it, well, and I have to wonder because Al Gore, after the election of 2000, he gained about 50 pounds, and I tend... that's mean. Well, Don't I bring no, up I... his weight. No, Poor guy went well, through a lot. Well, that's, that's exactly. He had a big old bushy beard. I think he just went and hid in a corner and just. Felt sorry for himself. Oh, now for a I long feel time. bad for making fun of his name. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. You should go. He would he could have a, a great career in like directing horror movies and things. Al Gore could. Yeah, like imagine like like Nightmare on Elm Street directed by Al Gore. Like that would be like such a cool poster. He should really think about that. Well, he's call, made, call me. He's Al. won an Academy Award. He, oh, for uh, Global Warming, in, Inconvenient Truth. Inconvenient Truth. He told Which is us, kind of a horror movie, I guess. Yeah, he told us in 2006 that uh, we only had 10 years to save the planet. And guess what? It's now 2018. Well, he was right. Like, we are polluting and well, stuff. That's a whole other discussion. We, 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 I, I, I want to nail this one down here. Because, okay. Uh, the, so the, the, the Florida Supreme Court came back and said, Imagine your whole country's fate lying in the hands of Floridians. Right. Well, you say I'm making fun of Al Gore's weight. The Florida the Florida Secretary of State, who was in charge of the we election in Florida. We do not body shame on dinner table politics. No, but Al Gore did because Catherine Harris, she was a middle-aged woman who wore probably too much makeup. And the Gore team just was making fun of her and saying she was ugly and strange because she had Aww. certified Bush as the winner Aww. at the time of the deadline when she had I, to do that I by think law. you're beautiful, Catherine. I've never seen pictures of you, but from what I've heard, you're a lovely, lovely lady. Oh, I, I wonder what's happened to her. I haven't even I haven't heard anything about her for decades. Uh, but she certified the vote, and the Florida Supreme Court said, just kidding, the law does say it needs to be certified by the kidding. state. Kidding! But instead, we're going to start a brand new recount in the entire state, and we're going to do it over 17 days and go. It's a weird amount of time. It was bizarre. And, and the, the Supreme Court said, you're ignoring the law. I mean, so the Supreme Court gets blamed. The, the legends of that election are that the Supreme Court just stepped in right at the outset and handed the election to the Republican and that it was a terrible and awful thing to do. Ooh, conspiracies. And, well, but but it only happened after the Florida Supreme Court said that seven days is really 17 days, and let's ignore the statute and do all this. So the Supreme Court came back and said, no, that's not okay. We're going to vacate the decision. We're just going to say that decision is not good. It was Go back. so like, confusing and convoluted. I hate this. Well, I had to live through it. And I did too. We had, I just had <laughs> different. I had different issues on my mind. You had different priorities. Well, so finally, so the Florida Supreme Court refused to to fix it. They ignored the fact that the Supreme Court had said their decision was lousy, and they ignored that. So the Supreme Court said, "Okay, fine, we're going to step in." And they stepped in, and they made a decision that handed Bush the presidency, and they based it on the Equal Protection Clause because they said the way people are counting these votes. It's different in every different precinct and everybody. And some people are counting these votes for Bush and some for Gore based on whatever. And it's 
we're not going to do that. We're just going to go with the vote totals that were certified in Florida, and it's done. And so Gore finally stepped down, and Bush became president of the United States. That's crazy. But everybody assumed we would never see an election like that ever again. But the reality is, in history, there have been elections that have been almost that close. Um, the election of 1960. Uh, him- I can't say I know who that was. Oh, sure you do. Think about it. 1960. No, maybe you don't. I definitely don't. <laughs> it, it was, I don't know. It who was you JFK versus to. Richard Nixon. Oh, Richard Nixon was the that. sitting vice president, and and it was a squeaker, and it came down to the state of Illinois, and there was evidence of voter fraud in Illinois. Mayor Daley had essentially created a political machine that handed the state of Illinois to JFK, mm. and uh, people were telling Nixon that he should contest the election, and he didn't. But uh, if he demanded a recount, that might have been interesting. There's some other more colorful stuff that we're going to talk about when we get back. You a big fan of Rutherford B. Hayes? Um, I can't say can't say I have any posters in my walls or anything. So. Well, but you're going to name your first kid Rutherford, aren't you? Yeah. That's- well, if it would be like. It'd be really funny to have a girl and, like, name her Rutherford, but then she goes by Ruth, and then people would be like, oh, Ruth, that's such a cute name. And then she has to be like, yeah, it's short for Rutherford. Yes, that would... I'm going to be such a good parent. That's good. I think that's a good plan. Well, so Rutherford B. Hayes uh, was the last person to have lost the popular vote prior to George W. Bush. And... And, wait, Trump did too, right? And Trump did too. Right. George W. Bush is actually the last Republican president to ever win the popular vote. He didn't do that in 2000. He did in 2004. But no Republican president has has won the popular vote since. Uh, But Rutherford B. Hayes was back in 1876. Mm -hmm. And everybody insisted the election had been stolen because nobody got a clear majority and there were 20 electoral votes that were in dispute. They, women couldn't vote. Women, yeah, women couldn't vote. Nope. That's absolutely right. So that was a big. Well, and so big voter population kind of missing out. Well, so the 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 house. I think African American dudes could vote by then. In eighteen seventy six. Yeah, because it was after Civil War. Yeah, when was the Fourteenth Amendment? Uh, yeah, I. Well. There were all kinds of laws in the South and Jim Crow laws that prevented them from voting. Yeah, that that is a big problem. There was some bad stuff going on. Fourteenth Amendment was eighteen sixty eight. All right, so the Fourteenth Amendment has been passed. But yeah, most people, most yeah, Jim Crow laws. Well, they really suck. The Democrats allowed Hayes to take the White House, provided he commit to removing uh, troops from the South and end Reconstruction. Ugh. I mean, it, it, Gosh. Was, it was just awful and messy. So, you know, you, you go through this and there's been all kinds of scandals in history. In the Basically, way that, politics just are never good ever. Yeah. It is kind of wild to think about. Like, that's, I don't know, politics are just so crazy. Like, the people are in charge of doing stuff. Like, right. most people are idiots. Like, I don't know who you talk to, but like... I wouldn't trust my future in the hands of most of the people I know. Like, 
democracy. Well, but you, you never know. I mean, one of the things that was really remarkable, the other thing that I remember, 1998, in Minnesota, the governor's race was between a Republican, a Democrat, and Jesse Ventura. Do you know who Jesse Ventura is? Ace Ventura's dad. Might as well have been. He was a professional wrestler, and he was in the movie Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great one. They have heat vision. They have heat vision. He's the one who had the line, I ain't got time to bleed. You're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. And he was this goofy professional wrestler. And 1998, he won the governorship in Minnesota. Nobody thought he could do it, and everybody thought it was bizarre, and he became governor and proceeded to be a really lousy governor. That's shocking. <laughs> he didn't know what – because he wasn't planning on winning. You'd think with his, like, intricate knowledge of um, blood circulation in the body, he right. would also, it would translate to being a good leader. But. Well, you're, you're medically – you know, you understand these things. By I, the way, I know. No, don't. don't. No, 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 okay. You did very well on the MCAT. I, That's all yeah, I'm going to say. Okay. So congratulations. Okay. You don't, you don't, you don't want to get into the details of that. Uh, but uh, Jesse Ventura, uh, he, he ended up still insisting that there were all these conspiracies in the government and all this kind of stuff. And, and he, Which he's not wrong. Well, There is lots of shady stuff going on. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, I don't think... Have we had a podcast on all the conspiracies? Didn't we do one of those? I think so, yeah. All right. But there's so many more things that come out every day that are like just crazy. That's true. Well, we're going to have to focus on those in another podcast because we are out of time. But if you are listening to this on the radio, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or go to the KSL Podcast Center and look for Dinner Table Politics. And you can download previous episodes and hear all the... The conspiracy episode, maybe, would yeah. be a good one. And make sure you're registered to vote if you live in Utah. That's I think the deadline's passed for some other states, but... Well, if it ha- wherever you are... Even if you're dumb, you should still vote. You should still vote. So this is Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And we'll see you next week. Bye.